You're listening to Waffle, the bite-sized podcast with Paul Jenkins. This was originally broadcast on Rossendale Radio on the 22nd of March 2020. And this week, Paul speaks to poet Dominic Berry. So good afternoon. It's Paul Jenkins here for the Waffle Hour here on 104.7 Rossendale Radio. Uh, now, this week's interview uh, I conducted yesterday over the telephone uh, with the amazing poet Dominic Berry, and I'll introduce Dom uh, properly in a second. Uh, as is uh, normal at the moment, uh, we're not having guests into the studio at the moment for obvious reasons. Uh, we're, we're trying to minimise the amount of people that, that have to travel, and we, we don't want people necessarily to have to come into the studio, and lots of people around obviously makes it difficult in terms of clean and all the rest of it. So uh, we've been uh, getting in contact. Now, obviously, I'm not set up at home for, for running large-scale sound equipment through the house or anything the the makeshift way you would laugh if you'd have seen me yesterday crawling around the living room we had a speaker out we had dom dom's phone the dom on the phone coming through a speaker to go through into my ipad to record it it literally it does sound a little bit at times like dom is that we've locked him in a cupboard somewhere but i've absolutely promised you he was on the phone to us and um, we've we've had a conversation about uh, dom's hopefully when this is all passed uh, he's going to come into the studio for for us or i'm going to go down to him uh, and we're going to get a, a proper, proper quality interview for with you uh, but uh, i don't care it's make do amend as far as i'm concerned at the moment uh, so uh, we'll do our best with the levels at this end uh, but uh, here is my interview from this week uh, with dominic berry Good afternoon, everybody. You're listening to The Weekend Wind Down. This is 104.7 Rossendale Radio. I'm Paul Jenkins, and welcome to the Waffle segment. And today, I have the immense pleasure of being joined by a poet extraordinaire, Dominic Berry. How are you doing, Dom? Hey, hey, I'm doing really well. And you are always so generous with your introductions. That is, uh, yeah, <laughs> I've come to rely on that from you. What a welcoming welcome that is. What? Cheers. <laughs> well, the thing is, you're always such a busy man, and you've got uh, you've got your fi- fingers literally in so many poetical pies uh, that it's yeah, it's often the difficult. Best kind of pie. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's difficult to to kind of explain what you do. I mean, I, I would I was going to term you as a children's poet, uh, but you're not. You're an you're an everything poet. Um, you you, yeah. you, you b- produce work for all sorts of different audiences. Um, I mean, let's let's start if we can, because it's going to take a while to to plow through the numerous things you've done um let, let's start with your kids work if that's all right uh, uh, how what, what sort of things have you produced for kids because i know you've had a, a variety of children's collections haven't you yeah yeah well it's interesting you mentioning that i write for all different kinds of people because for a long time i did not write for younger readers and younger audiences i was i was adamant that my dream was to be an artist who made political work for adults and and I, I achieved that 10 years ago. I, I went full-time freelance after a long time of doing like open mics and the occasional guest slot and then winning some poetry competitions and, you know, the number of slams I had under my belt got to the point where I could go full-time with the poetry. But, but people kept saying, your energy, children would really respond <laughs> that. And I was like, how very dare you? I've got no interest in that kind of... It's know, all about the art, darling. Work. <laughs> I was really had a bad attitude to write children until i realized that children are so political Mm. you show a five-year-old or a ten-year-old an unfair situation and they will have a very direct reaction to inequality that they understand right and wrong in a way that isn't muddied by the kind of compromises that are 
just have to pay the bills. Yeah, you know, that's the problem, isn't it? University students are full of ideologies, and then they get jobs, and their bosses say, oh, you know all these sandwiches that we've been selling all day? Well, we can't <laughs> give them to the homeless in case they sue us, so pour coffee grinds on them so that they're inedible, or, you know, these trainers can't be sold, so hash them with machetes so that, that, that people don't. You know, really unethical things that people are forced to do to pay their bills. And children haven't yet experienced that. And, you know, what I really want to do and aim to do with my children's work is just really kind of fuel this sense of, you know, just just be nice, just be nice, just like whatever the challenge is. Do, do the right thing, be compassionate, be, be empathetic, you know, keep that, you know, keep that flame going. You know, and, and it, it's so rewarding, it's so rewarding to be amongst really, really caring people. And I think, I think often the, the adults are more challenged by some of the messages of my work for children because cause it is like, it's very, it's very optimistic, the stuff that I write for children. It's very much like, you know, like, here's, here's a way, you know, that the, the, the world could be. For fear of being a massively preachy poet, nobody was, wants that. Well, nobody exactly. That. I, I, I was. Uh, I pride myself on being a fun, you know, comic poet, but I also pride myself on on somebody who, who, you know, creates work about how the world could be and and how you know. Don't we all want a world where people are a bit nicer? Don't yeah. we all want that? You see, it's interesting you say about this uh, being preachy because you, your I saw your show in Edinburgh when trolls eat your goldfish. Uh, and it's it that's a that's a story all about uh, about how we eat and about uh, about uh, alternatives to meat in particular um and as, as, a, as a meat eater myself i didn't find the show at all preachy it didn't say to me you. you should be doing things this way it was more here's an alternative another way of doing it. Yeah. but it didn't come out that way in the storytelling it was it was very it was a fun energetic filled show that can be taken on base level as well it was it was that was an important project for me because it was a particularly uh, um, a large grant I received from the Arts Council to, to work on a number of different elements with it. You know, we hope that our careers will develop, that we'll be able to do things that we haven't done before, that we keep progressing as artists and as practitioners. And um, I got a, a tour around farming communities right. with this show about animal abuse. And I did worry about that. I did kind of think, well, you know, I'm going in with what I believe to be a fair enough story, a fair enough consideration of, of, of ethics. And it was really well received. I was really relieved and happy that it is sparked conversations, respectful exchanges of ideas. It was it was it was really really wonderful. Yeah, I'm really particularly proud of that show. Uh, well, uh, uh, we, we can talk more about uh, about your your performance work and your, your touring uh, in the next section of the show. We're going to we're just coming out to a music break now. Uh, and oh, so we, we've uh, we've we've now you've chosen three songs for us, and your first one uh, is is an absolute classic. You've you've gone for a David Bowie track. Yeah, my favourite artist time i think okay and as and and is this a reason that you because i'm choosing a bow track is difficult enough you you've you settled on starman is there a particular reason for that starman is my favorite song by my favorite mm. artist i grew up 
in a very xenophobic part of the world, a very traditional, rural part of the world where the idea of a star man, the idea of an utterly being rescuing me, whisking me away from the mundane, from the repressive, you know, this liberating figure was so yearned for. <laughs> and, you know, it could be read, star man could be read all kinds of different analogies. It could be interpreted as being about sort of sexuality. It could be interpreted about just, just you know, just puberty in general, about leaving, you know, the old behind and embracing something really exciting. And, and you know, there, there's just a real thrill to the, to the new, to the, it's, it's just such a magical, magical song. Don't tell your popo, you get us locked up in fry. I mean, what a thing, what a thing. Let all the children boogie. You know, what a thing. More that's than, what we want, isn't it? That's all my work. More than that's needed that's at the moment. all my work summarised in two lyrics from David Bowie. Oh, well, there you go. And here he is. Here's David Bowie with Starman. 104.7 Rossendale Radio. Paul Jenkins here on the Weekend Wind Down, uh, and this is the Waffle segment where we talk to a writer or performer each week about the love of words. I, I'm talking to Dominic Berry this week. This is an interview that we recorded uh, just yesterday. Welcome back to Rossendale Radio. It's 104.7 uh, FM. We are here, the voice of the valley, and this is the Waffle Hour with me, Paul Jenkins, on the Weekend Wind Down. Uh, we've been talking to Dominic Berry in the first part of the show oi, this oi. afternoon. Hello, you're back again. Hello. And uh, we've uh, well, while we've been listening to uh, to David Bowie. Uh, we've been having a chat about touring and, and festivals and and about all the various different things because I I saw you in Edinburgh last year. We mentioned about uh, Trolls Eat Your Goldfish, but uh, actually uh, you were you were there with two shows last year, weren't you? Yeah, of all the crazy undertakings, it <laughs> takes a lot to go from one mindset to a very different mindset every day for a month. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it was it was very very rewarding doing the two shows. And it's and this and this is what we were touching upon earlier about having different audiences for your work and yeah. uh, and, and I uh, it's what what I found was that the, the energy of your performance didn't change uh, from from watching Thank the you. two shows it was it it was almost and it wasn't as if the adults that came to see the the later show uh, it wasn't as if they were being uh, sort of spoken to in the, as children there wasn't a patronising element to it but it was. It was a way of amending. How do you how do you do that as a performer? Just sort of tune in to what your audience is. Well, it's very difficult, and I certainly have performed shows for adults that have been patronising, that have sounded like kids shows, and I certainly have performed shows for children that have been pitched a bit too high above their heads, or just or just like not interesting for children. So we learn through doing. I'm very confident these days. I've been doing it for 10 years. I kind of know what I'm doing. And I'm going to give some advice to any budding writers out there that is the complete opposite advice to the advice that David Bowie used to give. <laughs> it's the complete opposite advice to the advice that I know a lot of poets give. And it's just a few points. I'm mm -hmm. not necessarily right. They're not necessarily wrong. I, I would never question David Bowie. We are here for opinions here on Rossendale Radio. David Bowie said, write for yourself. Write for yourself. Be true to your vision. Don't compromise to anyone. And I just think, as a performance artist, I do have an audience in mind. And it's even more specific than just saying, oh, this is for adults. It's for like, okay, so I'm writing for adults who I think 
will have these shared reference points, who will have these shared interests, because we all come from different starting points, and I don't wish to create work that just, you know, preaches to the converted, things to the choir. I don't want to do that. Although there is value in creating work that is comforting for people who've got the same views as you, but feel a little bit battered by what's happening in the political world. That's, that's a lovely thing mm. to do that. Um, but there's also uh, merit in creating work that you know is going to be challenged. You know, I've gone back to the area I grew up as a gay, vegan, effeminate artist. And I've created work and shared it in the in the rural communities. And it's been really well received because I didn't speak like a patronising idiot to them. I, I, I said, I, I told my story, I said my truth. There's a seed of what David Bowie says. You know, yes, I was, I was having my truth. I wasn't just emulating another artist's style. I wasn't doing that. I was being true to who I am but with a huge consideration to, well, for, for, for who are you talking? Like, that's super important. I, so, um, I think what you're saying about David Bowie, I mean, you were saying about writing for yourself, I think some of those... Uh, those those opinions come from when you've when you've had the, the comfort of success a little bit you do have the freedom to then write for yourself if you wish to but if you're it, the, there's almost no point in doing that if if actually that out there nobody is able to listen because you you haven't reached that point where you've got an audience to connect with um yeah so also i think david bowie's story was a very particular one in that he did try to write for others the commercial success you know he tried to write Frank Sinatra, he tried to write for Elvis Presley, you know, these things mm. did not happen for him, they didn't take off and actually what really worked for him was when he was just bringing it all back to what he wanted so that's very particular for him that he's got the true story for him that when he was trying to be more, well this is what I think people are like, it didn't work and when he completely went the other way so, so yeah, I mean one maybe that's just lucky and two he was an absolute genius and and you know like there are some of us myself included i, I don't think i'm a genius but i do think i'm very hard working yeah. so you know maybe <laughs> if you're not blessed with bowie's genius you have to be a little bit more considerate of like well here, here's the way that that's kind of proven to alienate audiences in this area I'm going to choose to not alienate them because what is the point of calling yourself a performance artist if no one's engaging with your performance? Indeed, I remember having a conversation with one of the sound engineers that worked on the tour of Blood Brothers and uh, they said that there's loads of snooty people who will look at Blood Brothers, the musical, that's been going for 20, 30 odd years now. Yeah, and I said love that. That it can't be popular and be good at the same time. Uh, and, and he said, "Well, he said, go to the box office and ask people whether it's good or not, and then and then and then sort of come back to me." Um, and I think it's it is a real struggle for artists. It's sort of like, well, maybe if I'm being too successful in some way, it's it's a, it's an odd dichotomy to have on it. <laughs> Um, now, yeah. well, look, this this does lead us on very nicely to our second music choice because you've, uh, when we when you mentioned about uh, you choosing a Leonard Cohen song, I, I immediately my thoughts were, well, is it a cheery <laughs> one? <laughs> and there's somebody that very much wrote for uh, either a particular audience or for himself. Who knows? <laughs> I think Leonard Cohen was uh, not really fully appreciated until his latter 
days. I was there as a Bowie, as a, as a sorry, as a Leonard Cohen fan in the 1990s, mm. and his career is kind of reimagined that he was always held in this high esteem, and he was not. He was not. But like, a lot of his stuff that was that is now absolutely celebrated was not held in the same high regard that it is now, and it wasn't really until like just before his death that he was beginning to be given the kind of praise his work deserves and yeah i think that leonard yeah i think i think he did i think he did write with audiences in mind this is an absolute guess yeah you know, I, <laughs> we can never I tell i think he did because 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 it's so it, it, it creates such a connection it's definitely an awareness leonard cohen did speak a great deal on the performance of poetry and absolutely goes against everything that I do with the kind of big, loud performance. You know, he's got this speech about, you know, if you're writing about a butterfly, don't try and be the butterfly. Don't, <laughs> if you're talking about a butterfly, don't, you know, emulate the butterflies. Just, just tell us. Just tell us. And I think there is something in that particular um, very controlled delivery that Leonard kind of... Nick Cave had it as well. There's a wonderful Nick Cave song, uh, do you love me part two not part one part, <laughs> part two. two part two um it's the final track on let love in and it's a horrific story and it's all the more horrific for nick Cave telling it in a very restrained way he doesn't enforce his opinions on us he just gives us the facts about what's happening and allows us to make our mind up and the leonard cohen song i've chosen suzanne it's a similar thing it's a song of great passion but he doesn't sing it in a hugely romantic way. Um, he, he, he tells the details and, and yet yeah, allows us to kind of just hear his words. Sometimes I do that with my words. It depends on the kind of poem that I'm doing. But I am a big fan of the flamboyance as well. You know, Bowie has all the flamboyancy and the, you know, you hear Bowie sing a song like Time and it's so big and exuberant and there's warrant to both techniques but i remember hearing suzanne by leonard cohen when i was a teenager i was poorly i was in bed the radio was on and it came on and just listening to that voice and those words and yeah he he, he knows leonard cohen knows you listen to his voice and you know he knows well, and people that Russ and the people at home in the valley will know as well now because we're going to play real Leonard Cohen. This is Suzanne. Rossendale Radio. You're listening to 104.7 Rossendale Radio with me, Paul Jenkins. Uh, here's the last part of our interview with the poet Dominic Berry uh, that I recorded yesterday at home. This is 104.7 Rossendale Radio and Paul Jenkins on the weekend wind down. And this is the final part of our conversation with Dominic Berry this afternoon in Waffle. Um, so, Dom, we've, uh, we've, we've chatted about your, your children's work. We've chatted about uh, you uh, going up to Edinburgh last year. You're uh, sort of working for more adult audiences. Uh, but uh, you've got a lot, well, a big project in, in the pipeline, haven't you? You just had some fantastic news from the Arts Council. Yeah, I did. I did. I have a really good relationship with the Arts Council. Uh, they awarded me a grant to create a brand new set of poetry for children. So that's going to be taking up a lot of my time just sat, scribbling away, um, working with the director. That's super important. Mm -hmm. I think it's incredibly difficult to have that outside 
high perspective when you're isolated. You know, it's difficult, it's difficult. Um, it's the next step of creativity. You know, people always ask me, how do you get into writing? How do you get a grant for your work? And it's like, you're going to have to take criticism. You know, if you want to improve, yeah. you know, we all do, we all do. And we go from that stage of realising that we've got a desire to create, but are you able to kind of, you know, I think it's the most difficult thing to self-produce. It's possible. It's possible. One of my um, children's shows, my, my, my R Dinosaur show, I did self-produce. I did self-direct that. But I did it in front of an audience. I have test audiences in. So, yeah. again, I feel that I'm at a stage where I was able to genuinely respond to their sort of reactions. But that's really difficult. And certainly my first few shows... I would not have had the experience to do that. And that's not what I'm doing on this new thing. So, you know, via Skype, via, you know, FaceTime, you know, the director will be watching it. His name's Kevin Dyer. He's a incredibly experienced man. And when he writes, Kevin Dyer is the director and the writer. When he writes, he has other directors yeah. direct his work. And, you know, when I produce my poetry for books, I have Paul Needs as an editor working with me. And I think... People think of writing as this lonesome process, but I, I think it's—I think it's at its worst when you're when you're like not taking on board the the, the, the views of others. You know, select people, not just any old person, yeah. but you know, if you can find the right person to work with, and this is going to be oh my my umpteenth project with Kevin. He directed the um, I can make you fail slightly less show for adults. Mm -hmm. you mentioned that was at Edinburgh. With. He directed the Trolls children's show, so I'm thrilled to be working with him I again. So we don't really know what shape is going to work. We know we're working with the kind of key stage one, key stage two audience, and we know it'll be um, it'll be exuberant and uh, and celebratory and full of adventure and uh, and challenges. And uh, yeah, we we think this is probably going to be set in a Right. So we think the characters are probably going to be children, which isn't what I usually do. Usually I work with, you know, monsters and dragons <laughs> and, and magic and stuff. And this is going to be still going to have those sort of fantastical elements. But, yeah, I'm really interested in writing about the school experience and the kind of the, the realities of school. It's still a very kind of um, uh, thrilling adventure setting, but... Yeah, that, that, those sort of things. That, you know, school is a, is, a, is a weird time. Never again in our lives are we forced to be with so many people who we are not with by choice. It's a it's... very specific time of our lives. We don't have that when we're born. And, and, you know, like, we don't have that as adults. You know, it's just like these hundreds and hundreds of people who, uh, who we're not choosing to be with. You it's, know, you I had a, like an that. experience you know, recently. Yeah. Dom, I had an experience recently with of 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 realizing just uh, how special that time is as children. I I um, I'll hold my hands up. I had to go on a driver awareness course, uh, and I had to because uh, I'd uh, I'd broken I'd broken a speed limit somewhere, uh, and uh, we were all forced members of the public to sit and have a lesson for two hours together. And there was all human life was there. There were there were truck drivers. There were people who'd been on motorbikes. There were there were men, women, old, young, different yeah. uh, nationalities, and all the rest of it. And everybody was together. And my goodness, it was exactly like being back in school and it made yeah. me realize just what a strange situation is you're in school for donkeys 
years yeah, on, yeah, to yeah. be f- to be forced to, to together, uh, like you say, for 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 an hour, and it's it's a, it's a special thing for for teachers to be able to then kind of make that experience an exciting, fun experience for people, yeah. and to, and to engage people, and you you going to to schools in particular to engage those audiences is, it, and particularly writing from that point of view is going to be a, a massive thing, isn't it? Yeah, I'm really excited about doing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you do you uh, sometimes when you when you're writing, if you're writing from the point of view of of a child, how how do you sort of get back into that mindset? Do you, do you go back to your own childhood, or do you? Do you yeah, I've got a really good memory of it. I'm like a lot of people just don't have great memories of being kids, and I I really do. I yeah. I really do. I think um we moved around quite a bit in my childhood days, and uh, and yeah, I mentioned you know unfortunately you know I I, I did receive a, a great deal of bullying when I moved to the countryside and. Uh, those kind of themes of bullying and uh, being isolated from 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 humanity yeah. are going to feature in this in this show. Yeah, going back to my, my whole thing of like, can you be political for children? Yes, 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 you can. Mm. I think that it's just about finding the right tone of voice. And unfortunately, a lot of people writing for children shy away from the bigger topics because they consider them too scary to adult for children but it's just about finding the right tone you can talk to children about anything as long as you're engaging on a level where everyone's engaged the adult speaking is engaged the listeners are engaged any parents or teachers are engaged it's possible to speak about anything so embrace those challenging topics the difficulties the bullying the 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 horrible times and that that that's got its own sense of comfort and uh, and unity and strength it's wonderful uh, I, it sounds like it's going to be a really exciting project to, to write and uh, and I, lo- I look forward can you can you do me a favor when the, when the show's written and you're you're out on tour can we uh, can we uh, maybe come and see you maybe can we come and do a live report from one of your performances oh, most definitely yes 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 fantastic well i tell you what we've got we've got about 30 seconds left on our time uh, you've got one song left to choose you've and you've chosen the most upbeat song i think you possibly choose in these particular times you've gone for martha and the vandellas with dancing in the street what's it <laughs> as we all know and certainly you know when i was uh, you know seeing my most bullied i didn't feel that like i could dance in the streets but you know if we hold on to hope if we think about the future you know when we're in the middle of a difficult time it can sometimes feel like it's never going to end but if there's one certainty in being a person in existence you know everything changes whether we want it to or not we're all experiencing big changes at the moment and things will change again and keep changing and i'm a firm believer in the joy of dancing in the street and uh yeah i look forward to dancing in the street with you paul jenkins we will do it man it will will happen this is a date we're we're we're, going to be ready right now we've got to dance in the kitchen but 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 for now we'll we'll have to dance in we'll we'll, we'll dream of dancing in the street again marvelous (laughs) it will happen it will happen dominic berry it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you hopefully we'll get to see each other again soon good stuff see you soon bye-bye 
And so we come to an end of another Waffle the Bite Size podcast. My thanks go this week to Dominic Berry for taking so much time out of his day uh, to chat to me about what he was working on with his children's shows, with his adult shows, and also this brand new project he's got uh, and the uh, work with the Arts Council he's doing. Absolutely fascinating to talk to. And hopefully we'll, uh, at some point or another, be able to meet Dom in person and uh, hopefully be able to preview one of his new shows when they start in the autumn. Uh, my thanks, as ever, go to all the listeners uh, that uh, that tune in for Waffle the Bite Size podcast and anyone who listens on Rossendale Radio. Uh, my thanks as well go to Lee Ball and Melanie Kemp for their work on the production of Waffle the Bite Size podcast and everyone at Rossendale Radio for helping us broadcast in the first place. Stay safe, everybody, and we will see you soon.